That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Steven Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and discussing Batman v Superman by the Minute. We've arrived at minute 131. I won't waste any time. Bruce Wayne set us up here perfectly in the previous minute by hooking a line around Superman's foot, beginning to drag him, and saying, I bet your parents taught you you were here for a reason. My parents taught me a different lesson. And now we find out what that lesson is, and I'm sure it will be a great one. My parents taught me a different lesson. Dying in the gutter for no reason at all. They taught me the world only makes sense if you force it to. This is a tweak on the dialogue from Frank Miller in The Dark Knight Returns. Is in a bit of a different context here, especially with the, with the character development that we've done and everything in the movie. So what do you take from Bruce's meaning just on the surface? It's, it's odd because prior to this point, his justification for everything that he was doing was tied to Superman being a threat. He he was talking about uh, the the damage, you know, the damage that Superman did to the world or could do to the world if he wasn't checked, and how this was his job to do this. But this sounds a lot more like what Lex said on the rooftop than anything Bruce has said up to this point. It, it strikes me as like a big shift in his in his character here that goes from. This must happen. You can't be like you can't exist to no man in the sky. Save me from daddy's fist and abomination. Like it's right in that same line of of your existence makes my pain worse. All pretense is gone here of if it's a possibility, you know, we're safer without him to just naked here. My trauma has led me to this point where I am doing this because I need to make this makes sense. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah, and the timing of that's fascinating too. Like we were talking about in the last minute, this is where the Batman and Superman, or the Batman and Bruce Wayne personas have begun to to physically manifest separately. Bruce has been using Batman as a mask for his motivation this entire time, and that makes sense, right? Batman is the one who would say Superman is a problem. He's a he's a threat. He could do he could do damage even if there's only a one percent chance we have to treat it as an absolute certainty, right? That's that's all Batman saying that. But now we we take off the the mask and it turns out that Bruce has entirely different motivations that he's merely justifying through the the cowl as a as a veneer over what he's actually actually bothered by here. And what he's actually bothered by is his life. And his pain and his parents' death doesn't make sense. And he found a, a, a fiction, uh, he found a lie he could tell himself that made it make sense. But the arrival of Superman as a beacon of hope tells a different lie that makes his lie make less sense. <laughs> and so that is what he, 
is truly reacting to is that his entire paradigm that he constructed around himself and around Batman and his entire purpose in the world, which was all a, a, a huge visage to give him a reason for being or to explain his pain is now no longer functional for him. The world makes no sense unless you force it to. So there is no sense to the world, which is like you said, very much playing into Lex's, you know, like I said, last minute, the bittersweet truth among men, right. To have knowledge, but no power for Lex. The world does not work the way that it ought to or should. And so he's, this is all everything he's doing to Superman previous to this is about that. You can't be all, all good and all powerful. You, you can't, you can't, be the truth to the lie, right? It has mm-hmm. to be a lie. The whole thing is built on it being a lie. And now, like you said, this is Bruce saying the exact same thing. To hear him say, my parents died for no reason. A character, we said before, who, who took that moment and that thing that happened to him and made reason out of it. Tur- made made it yeah. the most important thing in his life, so that it was meant to happen. You know that that in, on some level, it made me what I am, and what I am is meaningful. So there is meaning to it. And this is like, oh no, now the Batman voice is gone. Bruce has made you know the face that we see when he when he says the end of the line is like at peace. He's finally being honest. Maybe I'm going to kill you. To make me feel better. It's easier for me to believe that there is no big meaning. You're not here for a reason. Dying in a gutter for no reason at all. Has he always believed that it was for no reason? I think Batman begins really clued into this too, that it was a random crime. Yes, it was random. It, it wasn't a, well, I guess, depending on which version of like the story from alternate versions of it, there's like different theories that the Waynes were targeted, which I think is always kind of chips away a little bit too much at the the basis of that of it could have been anyone right and and so his mission is to keep this from happening to anyone that it happened to me and I'm going to make that meaningful by doing what only I believe possible and and commit my life to making sure that this doesn't happen to anyone ever again thereby you know even if it wasn't intended the fact that his parents were killed has the most meaning it was they were the most meaningful people to have died in the gutter. Like you said, has he always thought or or is this um is this part of the new rules? Is he changing his mindset now? Did he used to think that there was a reason and now the fever and the feeling of powerlessness and the rage is that what's making him feel like not only is this the only thing I I'll, I'll ever do that matters, but the things that I used to think mattered now I admit that they don't. And never did. Or did he have a a different reason that he thought made sense of things until Superman showed up? And Superman's arrival in the same way that Lex hates him because he shows a different way of being that gives him pain over the fact that, you know, no daddy arrived. Or no, <laughs> no daddy arrived. No man in the sky saved me from daddy's fist and abominations. No man in the sky saved my parents from getting done, gunned down in the alley. Right. And so you you can't be unless I like you, you you cannot exist alongside of the lie that I use to make sense of this and therefore nothing makes sense. And so I'll put on this bat suit and I'll tell myself it's because you're a threat. But really, it's because you your existence means that the crime that I have spent my life fighting 
and the trauma that I was trying to spend, I've spent my life trying to overcome is not, the answer is not what I thought it was. And it's easier to just kill you than it is to reconcile with that. Bruce's answer to must there be a Superman is <laughs> final. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the, the world, the world doesn't make sense as it is kind of does like ring true with a lot of the stuff that we've talked about with the montages and everything, right? Why is it so hard for him to just do the right thing? Because there is no right thing. That's the world we live in. It doesn't make sense when he, when you're eating your hero, okay, horses are drowning, right? I get that. I think that what connects it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's, it's a case where, and it's funny that it's a line lifted from the comic. It's so complicated a statement it's harder to unlock than the ones that were written by, you know, Snyder or Terry or, or Goyer. The other scenes we've, we've had where we discuss dialogue or, or big lines like this, they're no less deep. I don't want to say it's, it's, a, it's a line that exists to, like, sound cool. No, but, but I've got uh, – I do have something that adds a little bit more depth to the line, though, that, that draws from something that's not the comic – and if that's if so, right after he says that they taught me the world and they make sense if you force it to, that's when he pulls the kryptonite spear out of the, the cement floor. The 30 second mark, of course. Yeah, which uh, I find interesting. There's so many things we could talk about with that spear, but the 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 green glow and pulling it from the stone, it, you know, it's, there's a lot of Excalibur going on here. Uh, Arthur in John Borman's Excalibur movie, which is X Snyder loves and has a huge uh we've talked about it before a little bit huge lot of references in this movie literally that's what the waynes were watching in the beginning um arthur's armor when he fights lancelot even looks a lot like bruce's armor in this scene so in in excalibur lancelot the the white knight comes and and fights arthur there's a line in that scene where lancelot tells him he says your rage has unbalanced you you, sir, would fight to the death against a knight who is not your enemy. For a stretch of road, you could easily ride around. And then Arthur says, so be it, to the death. That just strikes me as exactly what this is talking about here, where Lancelot is like, this is not... <laughs> For a stretch of road, you could easily ride around. Which he's not even challenging him to the death here. He's pointing out, why are you making this a life or death thing? And Arthur is like, oh, okay, sure. Sure, to the death then. <laughs> that 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 line and the parallels there might maybe raise more questions than answers. However, it, it is a fascinating blending of literally they take a line from the Dark Knight Returns comic book written by Frank Miller and they take a line uttered by Arthur and John Borman's Excalibur and they and they throw them together in this scene that is is the perfect cross section of all those themes and uh, and the the rage that his, the rage is so so blinding that while we you know I might be able to intellectualize a little bit of oh well there's childhood trauma and he tells himself a lie to make it make sense but I think part of the answer is that that it it's not you can't rationalize it like maybe we could come up with a with a, a reason why but ultimately it's it's rage and it and it kind of defies reason you've shifted things when i when i think of like where this is in terms of how we've been discussing bruce and the mindset that he's getting into and the i think you said before he's placed himself into the joe chill role and knowing what's about to happen it does feel like him saying i'm doing this 
My parents died in the gutter for no reason. It, their, their death was senseless. It was meaningless. The lesson I learned is, is being expressed by now carrying out murdering you. And I'm admitting that it is meaningless in itself. I'm not saying you need to die. It's not even like Lex where your sin is existing, right? It's like as he is approaching someone to commit a murder, he, he is making sure that the death of Superman is getting like closer and closer to no reason at all, closer to his parents, which I hadn't really thought about. Whether you think whether you think Thomas the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne was random and senseless and meaningless, or you think it was the entire meaning of like this world that we are in 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 the text and metatextually both are true right now as he's like walking so it's like oh man which is it gonna be is it gonna be like he just kills him and then there's just nothing or is it going to be like thomas and martha where no the thing that's about to happen is the most important thing for this world it's cool i like what you're saying with the the influences that are in here and and even without kinetic uh, or the the ways that we've kind of called out the way that Zach has like built action and suspense and tension up second by second and minute by minute, we get the beautiful lie music coming in, right? As as Bruce pulls out this spear and does the super cool extension of it and everything. But we get and the, the final shot of the minute of him walking up. We're all kind of holding our breath and wondering what is going to win out. Is it, is it going to be that there is no meaning here or is there meaning? And it's for, for almost the first time. In like the entire run of the movie, I feel like I'm sitting here watching it and going, I have no idea. Like I, yeah. I literally have no idea what is about to happen because all of these things right now are competing to be the real lesson of what's happening right now. Is it going to be the the big lie that wins out, or is it going to be like Jonathan? Jonathan can't get in here. Please, we need we need well, a, a folksy heart. It's wild too because I remember seeing this in theaters, and they had spoiled the Trinity team up and Doomsday and all of that. But I don't remember if I had forgotten that because I was so wrapped up in the movie, or or if I just kind of dismissed it as you can't trust what's going on, like you can't trust that as a spoiler because you, you don't have context or whatever. But you were like, what's about to it's, happen right it's now? It's so hard to reconcile thematically with, oh, they'll get out of this. You know, because everyone walks into this and you assume at the beginning of the fight, oh, they'll they'll fight for a little bit and then something will happen and they'll team up to stop it. But the, as of this moment in the fight, I think from like that second kryptonite grenade and the last minute up until, you know, up until this moment here, the past 60 to 90 seconds of the movie is where it crossed this threshold of, oh, wait, they don't, there is no, hey, wait, what are we doing? Let's team up moment. Yeah, how could how could Lois possibly <laughs> stop what's about to happen? You're like, we get the conspicuous yeah Lois arriving in the helicopter, but like, what is she going to do? So I remember, yeah, I remember watching that in theaters and realizing like, what, he's got to kill him. Not, not, not that he has to kill him, but I mean that he... In order, unless the movie just totally breaks its narrative chain that it's been following, Batman is going to actually kill Superman. This Batman, this Batman story they're telling, this version of this character, this performance, and unless they're just going to throw it all away, is he's he's going to 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 kill him and. 
um, I didn't believe. Like, obviously, not everybody reacted well to the. You know, we'll get into that later, but I had seen nothing yet in the in the movie that suggested that it it was prone. You know, that it was going to to just say, "Oh yeah, forget all of that." And so it's it. Yeah, you reach this moment here where it's like, "What? There's no, there's no way out." Well, Lois is running, knowing full well what it is, and having done 132, 131 minutes of of the story, and knowing kind of where it leads to and the signposts are all there all throughout it but prior to uh you know on on first watch not knowing how do they get out of this is is kind of uh wild looking back on that because i i fortunately remember that every time i rewatch it it's sitting there thinking like oh there is no like there are multiple points of no return that that have been crossed here and how do you get yourself out of that I will allow you a, a moment here to just bask in the incredible concept art of the final shot of this minute <laughs> of of Superman, you know, splayed out on the rubble on his belly. The Excalibur, the Excalibur vibes are strong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this also goes back to this being like a Baroque painting. It's it's it's, well, it's but just that's, insane. That's Excalibur too. I mean, I don't know how many times we've said if you correct if you've listened. If you've listened to 130 minutes of this breakdown with us and you haven't watched Excalibur, you know, spend a couple hours to watch that. It's 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 hard to describe because of the, the you know, the fact that it's 40 years older than than BVS, 30 years older than BVS. But functionally what it's trying to accomplish is the same. I mean, down to you've got like this green hue where you know you've got these scenes that are just bathed in green and you know the the the, the audio mixing and the 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 effects and all of that stuff like it's not it's a it's very it's a 80s product of the 80s but if you could put yourself in, you know in the headspace of like a young Zack Snyder watching that this movie Batman v Superman makes a million times more sense uh when you when you know kind of what what Excalibur was in its own time yeah, like the kind of epic fantasy with the lines are just like poetry instead of practical. Like, like nobody talks like that. Like, it's that kind of just like operatic. No. Literally, yeah. no one talks like Merlin because he's like, "What is this? What's this?" Yeah, I never <laughs> saw this. That is also the uh, just because of on the spot, I can't remember his crazy spell that he says. The the future has taken root in the past. No, the no, what he shouts oh, in front of the castle when the guy's going in to sleep with Helen Mirren. It's it's a weird <laughs> to make the mist. Uh yes, but I can't. Um. Anyway, anyway, I would also say if you haven't seen it yet, it's definitely worth watching Excalibur for those exact reasons. I will say. Maybe put it on in the background while you have something to do because it is a very old movie. <laughs> to say I don't that know. It takes I, its time. It, it does, but I I thoroughly advocate watching it intently more than one time. If you can get in, it's one of those movies where if you can get yourself into the right vibe, it really very alert. It really slaps. If you're yes. if you're gonna watch it and like, don't put it on at like ten thirty. <laughs> yeah, and if you're like, don't put it on with friends and be like, you guys got to watch this one, like. <laughs> No, 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 no. Gosh, no. no. Like, if you're going to be poking fun at it and stuff, you know, then you're not going to get into it. But if you're willing to to just kind of let the experience happen, 
I, I've grown a great uh, a great appreciation for it. Yeah, I think it was in the Russo's Pizza Film School that Zack Snyder was like, even other people that worked with him were like, that yeah, that's uh, maybe you guys were really nostalgic <laughs> about <laughs> this movie, watching it now, but. Uh, Another lovely minute. Sorry to Superman for being turned into a human. Um, skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Do it. Do jump. Do hot the, the, the thing that you'd put around your ankle. And, yeah. Yeah. Taking out all of the columns. The building stands. Someone's got to make a video, a video edit of Batman <laughs> swinging around with that skip it commercial theme song. <laughs> but the very best thing of all. Yeah, we didn't see on the little handle. It ticked over to one. <laughs> There's a counter on this ball. Yeah, we've given a lot of homework to our listeners, but I hope this has also been. Yeah, I will say I've, I'm saving some Excalibur for next week too. So, um, or for the next, I'm saving some Excalibur for the next episode. So, uh, if you have not seen it, that might be a good one to uh, to brush up on a little bit more Excalibur for. And until then, thank you for listening. Please uh, review the podcast, share it, Patreon.com/slash Snyder Minute if you'd like to support it. Steven, you said you're saving some Excalibur stuff for the next minute. Is that, is that a big one? Uh, I'd say so. Anal natrach Urfas fethad Luchiel nilve Anal natrach Urfas fethad Doch